Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Much of the commentary by myself and by the other Catholic commentators who are on the correct side of the tradition versus Francis debate has revolved lately around the attempts to suppress what gets called the traditional Latin Mass, or worse, when they call it the Tridentine Mass because it does not come from the Council of Trent, it could accurately be called the Apostolic Mass, since it developed naturally from the time of the Apostolic Age. The attempts by the modernists to twist the liturgies of our Eastern brethren in the Byzantine and other rites of the Church rarely get mentioned, but really the focus by the modernists has mostly been on the Latin Mass, at least for now, and any attempt to make the Novus Ordo look like the Latin Mass. In the past few days, Francis issued yet another modu proprio, this one reforming the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and the consequences of that reform has raised concerns in two ways. The first, that this move will create a great deal of ambiguity that will enable the modernists to continue to smash doctrine at will. And the second, a barely noticed paragraph in the modu proprio, that states that the Anglican ordinariate may be coming under scrutiny in the near future. What does this portend? I don't know for sure, but we can look at the question, so let's jump in and do just that. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members for their amazing continued support of the work of this channel. Like, seriously, I am honestly amazed by you guys. They do it by contributing a buck a month or so to the work of this channel, and they do it, and it keeps the news and analysis coming, so a big thanks to them. If you want to become a patron of this channel, there are links to Patreon, or if you prefer, Subscribestar in the description box below. Subscribestar, just as a general note, is a Patreon alternative that has a great and clean track record. Or you can click the Join button below the screen. Thanks and on to our story, and this one has the potential to be enormous. Since almost no one has noticed something about the new motu proprio issued by Francis, it explicitly states that the Anglican Ordinariate are going to face examination by Rome, but it doesn't actually say what that means. Most curious. The document we're talking about here is a modu proprio issued on Valentine's Day called Fidem Sevare. This document restructures the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which I mentioned a couple of days ago in my episode discussing how the modernists were bragging that the Novus Ordo and Second Vatican Council represent a new religion, and the old keystones of the faith, including the traditional mass, were too rigid for the new religion. Again, new religion is their characterization of all this, not mine. This document may go a long way to making their new religion obvious to everyone. This restructuring of the congregation for the doctrine of the faith looks like this. From the motu proprio, quote, The congregation for the doctrine of the faith comprises two sections, doctrinal and disciplinary, each coordinated by a secretary who assists the prefect in the specific area of his own competence, with the collaboration of the undersecretary and the respective heads of office. End quote. What that means is you have one office with two purposes and two men in charge of each division that answer to the prefect for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. That may not be that big of a deal, but here's what people are starting to notice about this. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is getting what looks like a social sciences facelift. It's not really that surprising, given that Francis has a dicastery dedicated to various social sciences. I mean, that's very cringe-inducing to think about, but he, he does. But this move has some implications, given some promotions Francis gave out recently. Marco Tosati notes this in a piece on his website, which his website is called Stilum Cure. Mr. Tosati is an Italian journalist with extensive and far-reaching sources within the Roman Curia, so what he is bringing to our attention here is rather important. Quote, If we consider the importance of the matter, the apostolic letter seems a rather thin text, which could almost go unnoticed or be considered a mere anticipation of the expected, and never realized overall reform of the Roman Curia. 
However, at a first and quick reading, at least one passage can catch our attention. It is about this. It is point two of the motu proprio. Quoting the motu proprio. The doctrinal section, through the doctrinal office, deals with matters that have a bearing on the promotion and protection of the doctrine of faith and morals. Furthermore, it favors studies aimed at increasing intelligence and the transmission of faith in the service of evangelization, so that its light may be a criterion for understanding the meaning of existence, especially in the face of the questions posed by the progress of the sciences and from the development of society. The new CDF, therefore, is responsible for a promotional activity in some way, quote-unquote favoring studies, in particular in the sense specified by the motu proprio. The apostolic letter seems to indicate to theologians along which lines to orient scientific reflection, also indicating what are the issues that are considered worthy of particular study at the service of evangelization. In this regard, the will to increase intelligence and the transmission of faith in order to understand the meaning of existence, especially, mind you above all, in the face of the questions posed by the progress of the sciences and the development of the company." End quote. The language of favoring studies is all over the document, and the implication is that the church will tie the faith directly to whatever social science research is telling us this week. When we talk about weaponized ambiguity, this is a recipe for absolute catastrophe. But it gets better, because the second point the motu proprio continues with this thought, and this is where it gets weird. Quote, with regard to faith and customs, the section prepares the examination of the documents that must be published by other dicasteries of the Roman Curia, as well as of the writings and opinions that appear problematic for the right faith, favoring dialogue with their authors and proposing the suitable remedies to be made, according to the rules of the Agendi Ratio and Doctrinarum Examine. This section is entrusted with the task of studying the questions related to the personal ordinariates established through the Apostolic Constitution, Anglicanorum Cetibus. The matrimonial office belongs to the doctrinal section, which was set up to examine, both in law and in fact, what concerns the privilium fide. End quote. Did you catch that? At the time I put this episode together, I've seen no traditional commentator take note of the mention of subjecting Anglicanorum Cetibus to a study. I don't even know what that means precisely, but I am going to assume that it won't be good. What is Anglicanorum Chedibus? It's an apostolic constitution promulgated by Benedict XVI. According to the USCCP's website, which, by the way, is where I got the pronunciation for that from, quote, This is an apostolic constitution issued by Benedict XVI in November 2009 that authorized the creation of ordinariates, geographic regions similar to dioceses but typically national in scope. Parishes in these ordinariates are to be Catholic, yet retain elements of the Anglican heritage and liturgical practices. They are to be led by an ordinary who will have a similar role to, as a bishop, but who may be either a bishop or a priest. The document was a response to repeated and persistent inquiries from Anglican groups worldwide who are seeking to become Catholic. Ordinariates seek to provide a way for these groups to enter into corporate reunion, that is, as a group and not simply as individuals. This will allow them to retain their Anglican liturgical heritage and traditions, end quote. The purpose of the document was to preserve Anglican traditions and practices that were not in conflict with the Catholic faith, while welcoming former Anglicans into the Catholic Church as full members of the Church in communion with the Holy See. Benedict had some thoughts on why this was necessary, so from the original document, quoting the pontiff, quote, the Church, a people gathered into the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, was instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ as a sacrament, a sign, and instrument, that is, of communion with God and of unity among all people. 
Every division among the baptized in Jesus Christ wounds that which the church is, and that for which the church exists. In fact, such division openly contradicts the will of Christ, scandalizes the world, and damages that most holy cause, the preaching the gospel to every creature. Precisely for this reason, before shedding his blood for the salvation of the world, the Lord Jesus prayed to the Father for the unity of his disciples. It is the Holy Spirit, the principle of unity, which establishes the church as a communion. He is the communion of the unity of the faithful, the teaching of the apostles, and the breaking of the bread and in prayer. The church, however, analogous to the mystery of the incarnate word, is not only an invisible spiritual communion, but is also visible. In fact, the society structured with hierarchical organs and the mystical body of Christ, the visible society and spiritual community, the earthly church and the church endowed with heavenly riches are not to be thought of as two realities. On the contrary, they form one complex reality formed through a twofold element, human and divine. The communion of the baptized in the teaching of the apostles and in the breaking of the Eucharistic bread is visibly manifested in the bonds of the profession of the faith in its entirety, of the celebration of all the sacraments instituted by Christ, and of the governance of the College of Bishops unified with its head, the Roman Pontiff. End quote. That directly contradicts Francis on a number of points, but most especially in his recent heretical mumblings about how pretty much everyone under the sun was part of the communion of the saints. For salvation, membership in the church is required. That's a dogma of the faith, and here Benedict recognizes it, which begs a basic question. What is going to get studied by the new and definitely not improved congregation for the doctrine of the faith? The ordinariates are going to be studied. To what purpose? to see if their governing structure is a good fit for other groups in the church or for something more sinister, like the suppression of their reverent liturgy, to novus ordo it up, because the track record has been, since Traditionis Custodis was issued, to hammer any novus ordo liturgy that looks vaguely tridentine in nature, and that would include the Anglican ordinary liturgy. There is a clear move happening now against anything in the faith that takes due reverence and worship seriously, and many have openly speculated the Anglican ordinariate would not escape Francis's baleful watch. So far, there is no other news on that front, but it is something to pray about. Pray for the ordinariate that they may escape having their liturgy made relevant in the minds of out-of-touch modernists. The Anglican ordinariate needs your support in this battle against the modernists. But let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. Is this something to be concerned with? What do you think of them anchoring the faith to the social sciences? We all know what the implications of that are when we bring Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church into the conversation. How likely is that to become a focal point of the new congregation for the doctrine of the faith? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And again, thanks to the patrons of this channel. You guys are great. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.